0: So this morning I want to talk to you about purpose and what that looks like. And we're going to look to the ancient text and somewhat obscure for some of you passage of scripture, but for those of you who are students of the word, you're familiar with the story of a young orphan girl named Esther that God raises from obscurity to notoriety. And I think there are some life lessons and some principles we all can glean from Esther's life as we walk together on this journey of discovering our God-given purpose. Listen to me. 2020 ought to be the year when you make a quality decision that I'm not going to waste another day behind foolish things that don't benefit me that don't benefit people connected to me. Listen to me, David Cassidy on his deathbed. I'm a student of final words because when you're about to breathe your last breath, it it puts a whole lot of things in perspective. And for those of you who grew up in the 70s, you know David Cassidy on his deathbed. Final words. So much wasted time. Before he breathed his last breath, he realized that his life was accumulation of squandered opportunities. Let it not be so for you, that at the end of your life, when you're supposed to be speaking encouragement to the people you love most, that you look them in the eye, your children and your grandchildren, and realize that you wasted so much time. My prayer is that there will be an intentional shift in your life where it will no longer be business as usual and that you and I will begin to live for something bigger than just ourselves. Bigger than just the next job, the next payday, the next house, the next paycheck. Oh, yes, a good one. The next one up. Because most of us are content as long as we can one up the people in our circle. I'm okay with you as long as my house costs 50 grand more than yours. And long as I've got one more car than you. As long as I can walk into a networking circle and ask you, hey man, what you do? And you can tell me I'm a director and I can say, oh, I'm a VP. Your life and my life should be lived for something so much grander. In fact, we ought to live our lives with eternity in view. We should live our lives for an eternal reward and with an eternal perspective. Listen to me. One of my favorite movies is Gladiator. And in one of the opening scenes, uh, 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 Russell Crowe is playing Maximus. And this is what he says. He says, what we do on earth echoes in eternity. Every choice you make, every decision you make here on earth, echoes, reverberates in eternity. And we ought to live with that perspective front and center and recognize that I am here on earth for something that is so much bigger than just me. To begin to live for a transcendent cause. This is the context in which the story of Esther is written. A selfless life. A selfless life. A selfless life. life. In fact, your life and my life only takes on meaning when we become God's solution to somebody else's problem. Listen, your life and my life only takes on eternal significance when I surrender to the fact that I can only fulfill God's purpose for my life, serving others. Just in case you thought, That serving God was only about what you could get. Listen to me. Success is what happens to you. Significance is what happens through you. And God wants for us, living in North Dallas, in the strongest economy in the Union, Texas, to begin to think differently about every good thing that's happened to us because God wants us to use and leverage our success to truly do something significant. Your life was never intended to be a cul-de-sac or a dead end. Your life and my life was intended to be a freeway that gives people access and points people to God. The problem is, most of us charge in toll. It's too expensive to be your friend because of the expectations you place on others, because of the things you demand of others. And being around you, being around you, being around you is expensive because of what you demand from others. Yet God created us, God created us to be conduits and vessels of his love, of his goodness, of his mercy, of his grace, and the list is immeasurable. Again, this is the context in which Esther is born, and her story is written in the context that discovering our purpose, can only happen when we stop thinking about self first and recognize and recognize that God's purpose and plan for our lives can only happen when we realize that God has placed me on this earth to be the solution to a problem that exists somewhere in the earth. And in order for God to uh, solve that problem, he has to do it through me. And that he has uniquely gifted and anointed me to solve that problem. Not to be self-serving. All right. Uh, I wrote a few days ago uh, in our devotional. Uh, uh, for our 21 days of prayer and fasting, I've been uh, writing these daily devotionals and people who have been fasting with us and praying with us have been following along and, and uh, I woke up that morning and I just felt the Lord prompting me to go to Luke chapter four. And in Luke chapter four, uh, this is the, at the very beginning of, of Jesus' ministry and Jesus goes into the synagogue. The scripture says, as was his custom, Jesus went to church and he goes into the, into the temple and they handed him the scroll from Isaiah. And Jesus opens up the scroll, and he reads from Isaiah. It's recorded in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. And I love it because Jesus is about to declare his mission statement. He's about to declare, as Simon Sinek would say, his red hot why. You see, we live in a culture where everybody is fixated about the what. What you do. Best practices and strategy. Uh, uh, People are, are fixated with the how. Uh, people are fixated with the who because, listen now, listen now, this is the age of social media, right? So people want to know who you, who you connected with, who you're running with. Yet those are lower on the totem pole when, when it comes to the things that matter most. And Simon Sinek hit the nail on the head when he said, start with why. Because in starting with why, we discover our purpose. So in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus shows up. Even Jesus started with why. Why on earth am I? Have you ever stopped to ask that question? Or have you ever stopped to ask that question lately? Why on earth am I here? Now, if I were to ask you that question, to ask each of you to give us a response, the majority of us would not have an answer. Think about it. Why on earth are you here? I don't know. Why on earth are you here? I'm not sure. And listen to me, if we're not careful, we'll live day after day doing what we've always done and not truly live out our purpose. And end up like David Cassidy, who was a celebrity. Wasn't he a celebrity? What what show was he on again? Partridge family, and come to the end of his life and say this was all wasted time. So Jesus shows up in the temple, and he announces at 30 years old, he spends the first 30 years of his life in relative obscurity as a carpenter and a builder. Nobody knows who he is until this moment when he's come out of the desert After 40 days of being tempted, and now he announces his mission statement. And notice what he says. You can put that on the screen, Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Listen to me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Here's my favorite word in that entire verse. Because. Most of us go through life and we never discover our because. We know we're anointed. We know that the hand of God is upon our lives. We know that the grace of God is upon us, but we never discover our because. We know how gifted we are. We know how talented, but we never even discover why. Why do I sing? Why do I have the athletic ability that I have? Why do I have the communication skills that I have? And we never answer that central and pivotal question because. And in 2020, listen to me, don't let 2020 go by without discovering your purpose. And the only way you discover that is through intimacy with Jesus. You leave him out of the equation, what's bound to happen is abnormal use. There's no way around it. There's no way around it. Pastor can't do it for you. Grandma can't do it for you. Best friend can't do it for you. Only you can discover that with God. Okay? Uh, What I said we're reading, Esther? Listen to me. Listen to me. If you spend time in God's word, y'all, you ain't never going to ever want to watch Young and the Restless ever again. How many of y'all watch the stories? At least one. One is honest. Which one you watch? Bold and beautiful? <laughs> Come on, somebody. Look, when you get into the word, man, you will never, listen to me, you will never even, look, reality TV ain't got nothing, man. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Look. Look. This is a book of scandalous stuff, man. You know why? Because people are people, are people, are people. The word of God is the chronicle of the human condition and the redemption of God. From cover to cover, from cover to cover, this is a chronicle, a record of the human condition from the beginning of time and God's redemptive love for us. So here's the deal. Uh, Why am I having trouble finding Esther this morning? Nehemiah, Esther, no? Is it Nehemiah, Esther? Okay, thank you very much. Okay. Y'all ready for the word? All right, so we talked about Esther. And uh, Aesaurus is also known as Xerxes. I like Xerxes better, right? So the name is interchangeable. It just rolls off the tongue a little bit easier. So you'll see Asaurus in the text, uh, but you'll hear me say Xerxes. We're talking about the same person. Are y'all with me? Can we have fun around the word this morning? Amen. So here it is, Esther chapter 1 beginning at verse 1. It says, now it came to pass in the days of Asaurus or Xerxes, sorry, (laughs) who reigned, listen to me, over 127 provinces from India to Ethiopia. Listen to me, I just want you to stop for a minute and consider the expanse of his domain. 127 provinces from the far east, India, far southeast, all the way to Ethiopia, which is East Africa. If you were to get on a plane and fly from India to Ethiopia... You would be flying for almost a day. And everything, listen to me, everything from India to Ethiopia was under his jurisdiction. Somebody say power. He was a heavy hitter. Most of us today are satisfied just being president of one country. There were 127 provinces under his rule and his authority. From India to Ethiopia, he was a bad dude, man. And it says, in those days when King Xerxes sat on the throne of his kingdom, which was in Shushan, the citadel, that in the third year of his reign, he had only been king three years, in the third year, he decided, listen, when you got that much money and you're balling like that, what else should you do but throw a good party? So after three years, he said, look, man, it's time to turn up. And then was no small turn-up, y'all. In fact, we'll discover, we'll discover, we'll discover, because it describes it a little bit. Like in the thirty of his reign, he made a feast for all his boys, for all his officials and servants, and the powers of Persia and Media, the nobles and the princes from the provinces being before him. And, and when he showed the riches, listen now, he's showing off now. When he showed the riches of his glorious kingdom and the splendor of his excellent majesty, listen, For many days, listen, 180 days in all. Now, for those of the mathematicians in the room, convert 180 days to months. How many months is that? Six months. Yes, sir. This ain't no Diddy White Party in the Hamptons. (laughs) This is like unheard of. Six months! These... (laughs) 120 princes. Just partying, man. For six months. Now, now I like Xerxes because Xerxes, you know, uh, he's generous. So he decided that, look, we're not just going to do this for me and my boys. Look at verse 6 or verse 5. It says, and when these days were completed... The king made a feast lasting seven more days for all the people who were present in Shushan, the citadel, from great to small in the court of the garden of the king's palace. And there, there were uh, 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 white and blue linen curtains fastened with cords of fine linens and purple on silver, rods and, and, and marble pillars, and the couches were of gold and silver on a mosaic pavement of alabaster. Listen, he wasn't holding nothing back, man. I mean, he pulled out all this. You wanted Xerxes to be your party planner. Come on, somebody. Uh, so 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 he did this. Look at verse seven, <laughs> and they served drinks. <laughs> Come on, somebody! There were solo cups <laughs> everywhere. Can you imagine <laughs> on trash day? were <laughs> red solo cups. <laughs> Blame it on the drink. Blame it on the. I, I'm, sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Bring it back. Come on back, Pastor. Okay. No, no, let me, let me, listen, listen now. Let me tell you why I could say that. It's in the Bible. <laughs> listen, listen what the scripture says. And they serve drinks. <laughs> Y'all see that, drinks? Come on. In golden vessels, each vessel being different from the other. Listen what they were serving, royal wine. That's that stuff in abundance. Thank you, somebody heard that. In abundance. They weren't serving that ripple and Mad Dog 2020. This is, this is, a, this is the stuff that was coming off the king's table for seven days in abundance. Why nobody going to work for seven days, y'all? So guess what happened now? It gets interesting. It gets interesting. Because here's the deal. Uh, Xerxes turning up with his boys, look at verse 9. He had this beautiful, beautiful wife named Queen V. We'll call her Queen V. And notice, uh, she also made a feast for the women in the royal palace, which belonged to King Xerxes. So he turning up for six months and seven days. She got her own thing going with her girls, man. Come on, somebody, real housewives of Shushan. (laughs) I told you if you would read your Bible, (laughs) you would not need to watch no TV. Cut off your cable, turn off your Netflix subscription. Disney Plus. That's what the Bible, it's not in the Bible. Real housewives of Shushan. But something happened now. Because in verse 10, on the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, he was drunk. <laughs> he was drunk. He calls these seven eunuchs, right, who served in his presence. And, uh, and this is what he said. He said, hey, man, um, y'all go bring my wife. Uh, And verse 11 says to bring Queen Vashti before the king wearing her royal crown. Listen, in order to show her beauty to the people and the officials, for she was beautiful to behold. So now he's drunk, and he wants to show his wife off. It sounds about right, somebody said. (laughs) Um, It didn't turn out the way he planned it. Because, in verse 12, Queen V, with her cute self, refused to come at the king's command brought by seven messengers, seven eunuchs, all said the same thing. Queen V, the king needs you. And she refused. Listen to me. This is the context in which we're about to be introduced to Esther. Listen to me. There are things happening all around you that you have no clue are happening that God is going to use to open a door of opportunity that you never even imagined would be possible. Listen, there's a little orphan girl in Shushan who has no idea what's happening in the palace. But their foolishness and mayhem is about to be an open door for a young woman who has known nothing but pain and trauma from an early age. I'm going somewhere with this. I feel a sequel coming on to this. I can't get to it. I can't finish it. We'll do it next week. But listen to what happened. Uh, they said, uh, "Xerxes, won't you?" Vashti said, "I ain't coming." Now, I think this sermon's about to turn into a marriage counseling right here. <laughs> that was the exact thought when I was studying. I was like, "This whole thing right here is a marriage seminar. So how about we get to Esther next week? Because Vashti and Xerxes got some juicy stuff happening right here. Okay, so let's talk about it. So listen, the seven eunuchs come back to Xerxes and say, man, she said she ain't coming nowhere. (laughs) Y'all know how we change the story. We add tone and inflection and emotion that wasn't there. Huh? They were eunuchs, right? So they brought that back, and by the time they got back to Xerxes. Now, listen to me. This is a marriage seminar now for the rest of the message. I kind of like Xerxes. Because even though he was drunk, <laughs> notice his response. Verse 13, it says, Then the king said to the wise men who, listen, who understood the time, Listen to what it says, for this was the king's manner toward all he knew, law and justice. He said, you know what, before, before, I, before I respond, oh, here's the better word, before I react, before I react, let me talk to some people I trust who are going to talk some sense into me because what I'm about to do, And what I could do, taking matters into my own, listen to me, listen to me, you better have some people in your life who can talk you down. Uh, The problem is, he talked to some cats who escalated the situation. Now make sure you got people in your circle and you know whether these are de-escalators Are y'all with me yeah. now he did the right thing to get some counsel but the counsel he got wasn't wise so uh, and it says he talked to those closest to him that's his inner circle that's his boys and they ranked they, listen who had access to the king's presence and who ranked highest in all the kingdom so he said look man He didn't make the matter public. He didn't throw a fit. He talked to his boys. Those who had direct access to him. Did I say there was a marriage ceremony? I don't know if this is a common phrase. I know we see it in Liberia. I don't know if this is a universal or or proverb, but this is what we say in Liberia. I see Justin's here. I see Bobby's here. They're both from Liberia. In Liberia we say, if your house don't sell you, the street won't buy you. You know what that means? If you don't put your business that's in your house, out in the street, the street ain't gonna know about what's happening in your house. Now you're tripping about what the people in the street saying about your house. But you're the one who put it out there, though. You have a fight with, with somebody in your you're you throwing hints on social media. It's cryptic language, but everybody knows you're talking about your husband. <laughs> then all of a sudden, when people start talking about what happened in your house, you're wondering why. You know why? Cause you sold your house to the street. Notice Xerxes' response. Queen V disrespected me, but instead of throwing a fit, he sought counsel. Who are you talking to? Man? Who are you talking to that will talk you down? Because one of the things we say here at Converge is the more emotional you are. Finish it. You're less rational you become. Y'all about to shame me in front of all my first-time guests. Come on, class. The more emotional you are, the less rational you become. Hmm? You're supposed to listen to your emotions. They're not supposed to lead you. Emotions are given by God to alert us that something or someone we care deeply about is being mistreated, including yourself. So there is an emotional response when you're being mistreated that is healthy. But if you only allow your emotions to lead, you are setting yourself up for a pain-filled Life. Because emotions, as my wife has famously said, don't have a brain. And you can actually be sincere about how you feel and be sincerely wrong. But you're sincere. Talk to somebody. That's what Xerxes did. We'll get to Esther next week, but I'm about to finish this because it helps us understand Esther's context. Where where am I? 15. So he asked him, honestly, man, look, man, uh, what shall we do to Queen Vashti? According to law, listen, because she disrespected me, man. I' ain't gonna put up with that, man. You know how we, how we, how we, you know. Huh? You know how we do that, that, that nonverbal. You know how we be walking around. Oh, this is my favorite one when, when, when we're really bad. We flick that nose. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, y'all know what I'm talking about. You married to somebody who, yeah. So he did the right thing. He sought counsel. And then, uh, and then Memucan answered before the king and princes and said, huh. and said, listen, your wife has not only wronged the king, but she has also wronged all the princes and all the people who are in all the provinces of King Xerxes. Listen to me. He said, what, listen, what she did to you, bruh. <laughs> I feel it, man. What she did to one man, she did to all of us. Right? Took it to a whole nother level. Anybody got any friends in your life who you know, <laughs> if you bring it to them, Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Most of us don't really want advice. We just want people who are just going to reinforce how we feel. Uh, uh, Andrea, what's that thing you say about advice? Advice is what you ask for when you already know the truth, but you wish you didn't. Is Xerxes really wanting the truth? Or is he looking for people who would just justify how he's feeling? Now, the thing about kings, most of the people around the king, they serve as, at the king's pleasure. So most of them are going to say what the king want to hear. Woo! And his boy, Memucan, laid it on thick. He got in the pit with Xerxes and said, hey, Man, I feel your pain, dog. Man, I know what you're going through, bro. <laughs> Y'all know how we be? Sometimes when you don't have the words, just <laughs> I'm having too much fun this morning. Uh, uh, so we're about to wrap this thing up. What's that in verse 15? 16, and Memucan answered before the kings and princes and said, Queen Vashti is not only wrong the king, but also the princes and all the people who are in all the provinces of King Aeserus or Xerxes. Listen, for the queen's behavior will become known to all the women so that they gonna despise their husbands. He said, look, man, this is a red alert. Bruh, (laughs) we got to dip this in the bud, man. If this get up, it's going to be (laughs) problems. It's going to be problems, man. He said, man, we can't play with this, doc. We can't play around with this. What did he say? Verse 17. Uh, uh, He says, when they report that King Xerxes commanded Queen V to be brought before him and she didn't come, Dude, you oversee 127 provinces and you can't manage your wife? Oh, that's a problem, man. It's not only a problem in your house, but now I'm going to have a problem respecting you, man, because you ain't handling your business at the crib. And if this get out, if this get out, it's a problem. So notice what he said. Notice what he said. It says, "This very day, <laughs> he said, "As we speak, <laughs> you know why, you know why, you know why? It was so critical. Listen, listen, let me tell you what happened. When them seven dudes showed up to Vashti, and she opened the door, said, "What y'all want?" Uh, the king sent us. For what?" He said he needs you to come over to the palace. Man, she turned around, slammed that door, and said, Bye, Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, she was throwing a party, and all those princes' wives were in that house. Oh, y'all hear yeah, that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. I love converge. <laughs> all of them, all of them were in that house. All of them were in that house when she slammed that door. And went back to her Chardonnay. In fact, when she was walking back, her best friend, you know what she did? Give me a high five, baby. You know what her friend said? That's right, girl. You ain't got to put up with that foolishness. We over here in our pajamas and our footies talking about Come down here. Yeah, thank you. It's marriage seminar. We'll get to Esther next week. But notice what happened. It's not if it pleases the king, listen, verse 19, bad counsel. Be careful when you surround people who only reinforce, y'all, what you want to hear. It might seem like they're on your side. Oh, man, I love that chord, player. Yeah, fill the room with that. Where Josh at? That's a good chord right there. Atmosphere. Make me want to walk like Benny Hinn right now. I feel the glory, glory, glory. Oh, Sorry, 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 sorry. No, 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 I won't, I won't. Verse 19, sorry, sorry, bring it back home. What time is it? Okay, I'm about to wrap it up. I'm about to wrap, I promise, I'm, I'm about to wrap it. It was verse 19. It says, if it pleases the king, let a royal decree go out from him and let it be recorded in the laws of the Persians and the Medes. Now, this is a big deal because once the Persians and Medes wrote a law, it was irrevocable there were no amendments to their laws. So if there was a law on the books, couldn't nobody change it? And it says, notice what it says, let it go in the laws of the Persians and the Medes so that it will not be altered, that Vashti shall come no more before King Xerxes. From this day forward, she ain't gonna ever be able to come stand in front of you never no more again. Listen to me. Listen to me. For those who listen to people who tell us to write people off. One and done. For those of us who say, fool me once, you know, shame on me, fool me twice. No, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. And and so we write people off and we'll say, that'll never happen to me again. And he listened to counsel that says, because of this one act, disrespectful as it was, This woman ain't never going to stand in front of you. You know why? Because now I'm threatened. By what she did to you, now it's threatening me in my house. And I don't want what happened in your house to come to my house. So we're going to shut this down. Because she did it to you, she did it in front of all of our wives, and we don't want them getting no ideas. So we're going to put this thing in writing. Listen. Listen to what he said, and, and let the king give her royal position to another who is better than she. Hold up. One day, this was your wife, and the next day, you listen listening to your boy who telling you, find another woman who's better than her? For the foolish ones in this room who listen to that kind of advice. They don't live in the house with you and your wife. Now, all of a sudden, let me just say this too. For those of us who take advice from our single friends. Who ain't got no husband or wife to go home to. They're telling you how to run your house. And now he's telling them, you better find a better woman. There's a whole lot of women out there. In these 127 provinces, that's better than her. Because there's a whole lot of women who would just be happy to be queen who won't stand up for themselves who ain't going to say nothing to you who going to be like the queen on coming to america what do you like whatever you like hey y'all see? there it is they were telling Xerxes you got options from india to ethiopia you got options player you ain't got to put up with this. Find a woman that's better than she. And so verse 20 says, when the king's decree, which he will make is proclaimed. Uh, where am I? Throughout all the empire. Uh, for it is great. Listen. All wives will honor their husbands both great and small. So now they're making it into a law that every woman, great and small, you gonna honor your husband, whether you want to or not, because it is the law of the Medes and Persians, and all the men said, dilly dilly. (laughs) I see what y'all did there. Y'all didn't say dilly dilly, y'all just laughed cause you all scared. <laughs> y'all already know that sofa. <laughs> it's not just for football Sunday. So one more time. All the men said dilly dilly his wife ain't here his wife ain't here okay yeah i see y'all just i see all the bad that nervous laughter <laughs> wife like what you laughing at okay okay i'm going to wrap this up i promise you um so um to say, verse twenty one, and the reply pleased the king and the princes, and the king did according to the word of Memucan. Just one guy, man. Listen to me, he didn't even stop to ask the rest of the dudes. First, God said, "Shut this thing down." All of them said, "Yes," and they wrote into an irrevocable, irreversible law. So, uh, then he sent letters to all the king's provinces. 127 of them, to each province in its own script to make sure everybody could understand this law in their own language and to every people in their own language. Woo, here it is again, men. Here's an opportunity. Here's an opportunity. Here it is. That each man should be master in his own house. And all the men said, dilly. Dilly. Okay, I give up, I give up, I give up, thank you, bro, thank you, you're with me. So now here it is, this is where I close, this is where I close, I gotta say this, this is where I close, listen to me, emotion-led decisions, man, are painful decisions. Number one, he was drunk, number two, he was mad. The worst time to make decisions is, well, y'all church folks, so y'all ain't going to be drunk. But the worst time to make decisions, long-term decisions, is because of temporary circumstances. It was one moment where he felt disrespected, but he made long-term decisions based on one action that now is impacting everybody connected to him. Listen to me. You've heard me say it before. I think it's Donna Pisani who said, if you don't heal from what hurt you, you will bleed on people who didn't cut you. I'll say that again. If you don't heal from what hurt you, this is an A and B thing. Xerxes and Vashti, if you don't heal that, now you're going to bleed on people who didn't cut you. Now your issue with your wife now becomes a law in the kingdom. But i got to say this one thing before we close. Is that my third or fourth, close? fifth, sixth? Okay, nobody got to say this. How much was it? Eight? Okay, here's the last one. I'm just having fun today. Here's the the last one. If we don't get chapter 2, verse 1, we'll miss the whole point of what I just shared today. Chapter 2, verse 1 says this. After these things. I'm talking about after the six-month party. After the seven-day turn-up when everybody's gone home and you alone in your palace, after the noise turns to silence, you start thinking about some stuff. And the scripture says, after these things, when the wrath of King Xerxes subsided, he remembered Vashti. What she had done And what, listen to the language, and what had been decreed against her. Listen to me. After the emotion subsided, after the anger went away, he's sitting there all by himself. He ain't got seven eunuchs around him. And it finally hits him. What on earth have I done? What on earth have I done? Can you imagine what Vashti's life was like for the rest of her life? Because now she's banished from the kingdom, man. All them girls that were in the other palace room that were drinking and having fun and wearing pajamas and footies, all of that, she can't turn to them because her, their husbands are like, if you talk to that, Vashti's life is over. And here Xerxes in the palace, he's made a law that cannot be reversed, and now he's thinking after his emotions have subsided. Remember, an emotion-led life is a painful life. He made an emotional decision that he can't reverse, and now he's all alone. He's the king, but he's living with regret. Here's the last thing I'm going to say. Oh, here it is. Listen to me. Emotion-led decisions are the scar tissue of relational conflict. Say Pastor, what are we talking about? Listen to me. When you have surgery and they cut you, for most of us, it leaves scar tissue And that scar tissue can be one of the most painful things you could ever experience even after the surgery. They cut some stuff out, but some stuff grew in its place. And most of us are living with emotional scar tissue that stayed behind after you cut off the relationship. You cut them off, but it left scar tissue in your heart. You wrote them off. But it left scar tissue behind. And now that your emotions have subsided, you're thinking to yourself, what on earth have I done? His, his, listen, and what had been decreed against her was irreversible. For some of us, we still have opportunities to reconcile. But for Xerxes, it was a done deal. Next week, we'll talk about how this now becomes an opportunity for God to take a young orphan girl And move her from obscurity into notoriety. But it is for something significant that not even Esther could have dreamed. So Father, we pray in Jesus' name that this morning you will seal this word in our hearts.